You're listening to a live recording from one of our midweek services here at Cornerstone Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. We believe this message will be a blessing to your life. In this installment of our series, Who is God? Pastor Brandon Spiker will be teaching us about the doctrine of God. We hope you're ready for this life-changing message. It's time to come into a greater understanding of who God is. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Amen. We're going to be talking about who is God. Now, I'll tell you this right now, that uh, I'm just going to be frank with you. No, I'll be Brandon, but uh, I'm just going to be myself with you here tonight. But um, this is going to take some uh, really good listening skills. And uh, if you're not listening to me, you're going to miss something powerful that the Lord is going to release to you that will change your perspective of who God is and and what he can do in your life. Amen. So I I really need you to listen to me and I need you to give me a chance, in other words, to explain this to you. Now, I'll tell you what, just to give you a head start, if you miss the next six or eight weeks on this, uh, because it's going to take more than one month probably, if you miss, you're going to be lost the next time because it just is a continuation in a building, okay? But tonight, we're, the whole series we're talking about is who is God, and tonight we're going to talk about the doctrine of God. Everybody say the doctrine of God. Now let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 1 through verse 3. And then we're also going to read it in the Message Bible as well. But it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. How many remember what that word perfection means? Maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Talking about now that we've moved out of works and in faith, faith, we're moving towards who? God. Next verse, please. Uh, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Verse 3, please. Uh, And this will we do if God permit. Now let's read this. Do you have it in the message Bible there? I told him to put it in that. Okay. So this is what it says. So come on, let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ And get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell him, grow up. The basic fundamental truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust towards God. Baptismal instructions, laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. God helping us will stay true to all that, but there's so much more. Look at somebody and tell them there's got to be more. So let's get on with it. Amen? When Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your help. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to our hearts and our minds. Do not get in the way or the thing that raised us will turn around and restrict us from receiving what you have for our lives this, this night and the Wednesday nights to come. We promise to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. 
in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. So tonight we're talking about the doctrine of God. Now, as you open the Bible to Genesis, the first verse in the Bible actually introduces God as the creator of the universe. The Bible does not try to prove that God exists because it, ex- it assumes his existence. Did you hear what I said? So the Bible never, never tries to tell you or tries to produce results that God exists because it, it assumes that you and I know that there is a God. Did you hear what I said? It assumes his existence as a fundamental creation, the Bible says, in Romans 1, 1, 20, it says that creation itself bears witness that there is an intelligent omnipotent, which means unlimited power, ability to do everything, loving and caring God. Now listen to this. There only can be three explanations here for the creation. Or the existence of the universe. The number one that you'll hear, and we'll, we'll talk about this a lot, is, is that some people believe that the universe or that earth has always existed. That it is always, that it is an eternal universe. That it has always existed. Number two, some people believe that it came into existence by its own power. Okay? Self-creating universe. And then number three, we believe that God created it. Can you say amen to that? Now listen to this. By accepting any of these, you still, or believing any of these, you still have to operate in a level of faith because it transcends any scientific knowledge to prove any of these. Did you hear what I said? Somebody said, well, what about the Big Bang Theory? It's exactly that, a theory. Did you hear what I said? It's a theory. Evolution is a theory. It is not, there's nowhere in the Word of God that proves that. Remember, we assume that He is already God. We don't have to prove He's God because everywhere you look, creation provides the evidence that there is a God who is alive and well and is, and is moving in the earth because there cannot be a universe without a designer. Did, did you hear what I said? There cannot be a universe without a designer, Okay. It is more possible to believe that an intelligent, eternal, omnipotent creator than in it itself that the world created itself. There's nothing, and, and it makes you wonder where people's heads are, and that, that's the problem. We always want to try to figure God out. And you can't figure God out because when you think you've got him figured out, he's one step ahead of you and does something that blows your logical mind away. Can you say that? Somebody said, well, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. Well, do you know who made it go boom? 
Do you know who made it go bang? Because I happen to know him. Not only do I look around and see what the designer has created, but I also know by personal experience that he's real and he, that he is not always something that we've read in a paper or what the religious world has created through history that God actually is. Matter of fact, most of the things you see, he isn't. Did you hear what I said? Oh, it's quiet in here. Are you learning? Okay. So let's talk about this. So we know that God is, who is he? He is the creator of what? The heavens and the earth. He's the creator of all things. But let's talk about who God is and what are the dimensions of God. So let's go to Isaiah 45, uh, verse 6, verse 5 and 6. Now, I'm fixing to take you through a lot of scriptures, and this, I, I keep up, Cindy. Um, I'm going to take you through a lot of scriptures because I'm going to get ready to start uh, putting something in you for you to catch a revelation that we'll be releasing during these weeks. But somebody said this is a lot of scripture. Yeah, because I did my homework for the, for the last several days so that I could actually show you what the Bible says and not just what men believe. Amen. So let's do verse five here. I am the Lord and there is what? And there is no God beside who? I grinded thee. Therefore, thou hast not known me. Now, let's y'all writing this down. Now, go to verse 18 here. Isaiah 45. For thus saith the Lord... The Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth. So we know that God created the earth because we believe his word. He formed the earth and made it and he had established it and created it not in vain. He formed it it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is what? There's no one else. Okay, let's go to... uh, uh, 21 and 22 here. Uh, I tell ye, bring them near. Yeah, let them take counsel together who have declared this from ancient time, who have told it from that time. Have not I who? The Lord. And there is what? Else beside? Okay, what so is he speaking singular? He's talking about one, right? He's saying there is no other beside me. There's no other God in this universe. There's nothing else that exists outside of God Himself that is eternal, besides the His creation, which is us, for we know that we were what? Created. Out of the image of God. So, so listen, there is no God else beside me and a, a just God and a what? Savior. There is none beside who? Me. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 5 here. And this is just going to be scrambling everywhere. Thou shalt have what? No other gods before me. Verse 4. 
Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord God, thy God, am what? A jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. Now listen, so God is describing here, he's giving instructions and the importance that we understand that he's not in a sculpture, he's not in an image, he's not in a, in a statue, he's not on a cross, he's not in any of those things. So he says, how many of you have ever heard or seen people that pray to images or stand before images or go into services and, 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 and acknowledge sculpturals and and, and different things, and God says none of them have anything. They're all just wood and block and, and stone, but there's nothing eternal on the inside of me. Buddha doesn't exist. Uh-huh. Allah, none of them. He said, I am the God. Let's go to Isaiah 37, verse 16. Are y'all, y'all hanging on? Okay. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, that dwelt between the cherubims. Okay, you know where the cherubims are. That's the Ark of the Covenant. The, the wings that went over the top of the Ark of the Covenant. Thou art the God, even thou alone, and all the kingdoms of the earth, and thou hast made the heaven and the earth. So, so you have to be careful of how you perceive things because just because you've been told something all your life or it has been presented in a certain way doesn't mean that it was actually true because we don't go by what we believe personally. We go by what is in the what? The word of God. Somebody said, well, I believe this. Well, I, I've said this. It don't matter what you believe. It matters what's in the word. And you say, but they are sincere about it. Yeah, but you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Do you want the truth or do you just want what you've always been told? And Jesus said, well, and the truth shall. How many want to be free? How many of you want to experience God in a way you've never experienced before? Well, you can't experience him if you don't know who the real God is. Amen to that. What, what, what scripture was that uh, that I just had? Okay, go to 42.8 here. Uh, let's read. For I am the Lord thy God. That is my name and my glory I will not give to another, neither my praise or graven image. Now, let's get through this. Isaiah 43, uh, 10 and 11. Are you keeping up, Cindy? Uh, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have what? Chosen, that ye may know and believe me, not us, and understand that I am who? He. 
Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now this is in the Old Testament here. So he goes, I'm talking, there wasn't, one, there wasn't another one before me, and there won't be another one without me, in front of me. For I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is what? Okay. Go to ver- chapter 44, verse 6. We'll go 6, 8, 24. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and I am the last. And beside me, Jesus said what? I am the first and the okay, and I am the last, and beside me there is what? Okay, all right. Are y'all listening here? All right. Go to the next one, uh, verse uh, 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time, have I not declared it, that ye are even my witnesses? There is, is there a God beside me? Yeah, there is no God. I know not any. All right. Let's go to... Um, let's go to 40, chapter 45, verse 15. Uh, 14. 45, 14, Cindy. Thus saith the Lord, the laborer of Egypt and the merchant of Ethiopia and of the Sebian, men of stature shall come over to thee and they shall be thine and they shall come after thee in chains. They shall come over and they shall fall down unto thee and they shall make thee supplication unto thee, saying, surely God is in thee and there is what? There is. He said there, what he's saying is there ain't no other God. He said, I'm your God. Nothing else. There is nothing else that has the ability to be God in your life. Nothing else. Ain't that good? Uh, Go to 46, 5 and 9. To whom will he liken me and make me equal and compare me that they may be like, verse 6, Remember the former things of the old, for I am God, and there was no one else. I am God, and there is what? None like me. Are y'all getting this? Go to um, 48, chapter 48, verse 11 and 12. For mine own sake, even for thy own sake, I will do it, for how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel, my called. I am who? He. I am the first, and I am also the last. That's powerful right there. Now go to Zechariah 14, 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be what? One Lord. 
and his name one. Okay, let's go New Testament. How about that? Some of y'all looking at me like, oh, that's Old Testament. Go to, go, go, go to Mark 29, or Mark 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 9, 29. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is to what? Love the Lord, our God, oh, Israel, the Lord our God is what? Ain't that good? Now, now, let's talk about this. So we establish here through the, through the context of the scripture, we understand that there is one God. There is one God that he is, he is the creator of all things. Now, now listen to this because you, you're going to get it here. Now, God, we know that there is a one Lord, but now we have to understand that God is, is an un or an invisible spirit. John 1:18 says that no man have seen God. That's why it's important for you to understand that you need to be careful who you incline your ear to concerning the things of God and not incline your ear to the mystical things that you hear because we understand that no one has seen the Lord. You know, over the last several years traveling, I've been traveling really since I was 16 years old. And I've had people come up to me a lot of times and they tell me some, some things and tell me that, you know, they've seen angels. And, or they'll ask me a lot of times, have you ever seen an angel? And I say, the only angel I've ever seen is my wife and Gracie sleeping at night. I don't, you know, I've never seen an angel, you know, or have, have you ever seen them? No, I've never seen them. The Bible declares that no one's never seen them. So no one has ever, because why? He's an invisible spirit. Now, I think God taps into people's imagination and does things for them to encourage them and lift them up and to help them through times and and to give them hope and all those. I mean, we, we know that the mind is a powerful thing. And if God created it, he can surely use it to uplift you and to help you and to pull you out and to, to give you strength in difficult times. Amen. So, so we, we don't dishonor that, but we careful. We are careful of what we do listen to so that we understand that we're, we need to get the word and not theory or not someone's theological, uh, uh, you know, belief. But what does the Bible say, and how does it apply to God in my life, but also unto me? Can you say amen? amen. So we know that God is a spirit. Go to John chapter four, verse twenty-four. Now, now, we're we're almost there here. God is a spirit, and who them that worship Him must worship him, what? In spirit and in truth. So God is a spirit. He, he's not a, he, he's not in the, he is in the earth today, but he is a spirit living on the inside of those who are called upon his name and say, the Bible says what? Know ye not, ye are the what? Temple of the Holy Ghost. So we know that God doesn't live in a building. He doesn't live 
in a sanctuary, but he lives on the inside of people who have called upon his name. You are his temple. You are where he resides. Your throne is his heart where he lives, and he lives in those. So when for us to even communicate, because how many of you know worship is a form of prayer, and prayer is a form of what? Communication. We know for us to truly worship God, we've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can connect with, connect with Him and hear from Him, but to also show Him who He is in our lives. Amen. Amen. Ain't that good right there? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and and 16, let's read this, which is in, in his times he shall show who is blessed and only upon it, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Verse 16, who only have immortality dwelling in the light in which no man can approach unto, whom no man have seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. So there it goes. It, it confirms that this is not something that you can see with your natural eye, but it's something you have to discern with your spirit. And that comes with the revelation in the things of God. You'll never be able to understand the deep revelations of God with your mind. It's going to be something that only you can grab a hold of with your spirit. Because the, the mind always flows out of logic. It always tries to make things logical. And when you're talking about a God, an infinite, omnipotent God, how do you put God in the box of logic? How do you put him in there? He's bigger than the universe that he designed and created. He's bigger than a building. He's bigger than an idea. He's bigger than a dream. He's bigger than all of it. Doesn't that excite you to know that the God you serve is bigger than his creation? And if he can handle his creation, surely he can handle what you're going through this week. He can handle the problem. He can handle the negative situation. He can handle it all. That's why you don't put your trust in man. You don't, put, you don't put all your strength into man's idea. You put your trust and your faith in the Lord because the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in between, the author and the finisher, is living on the inside of you and has the power... To take care of you wherever God directs you and guides you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Men might leave you, but I won't leave you. Men might let you down, but I won't let you down. I will take care of you because you're the apple of my eye and I am your God. Can you say amen to that? Now, let's break this down here, okay? Because there are, th there are three dimensions that God moves and we're talking about the Bible here. How many of you understand that you are a spirit? Okay. How many of you understand you have a soul? And how many of you understand you live in a body? Okay, now when we're talking about this, 
When we say that you, ha- you are a spirit, you have a soul and you're living a body, uh, does that make you three separate individuals? No, it makes you one individual, right? Okay, for instance, how many of you understand? I, have a, I, have, I, am, I, have a, um, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I'm a body, but what's my name? Brandon. All right? My name is Brandon. Me having a spirit and a soul and a body doesn't give me three different things or three different titles. It, it, I, I am one person that is connected all together, and I'm living in this body, but my spirit's Brandon, uh, my soul's Brandon, and my body's Brandon. Can you say amen? So when we read the word of God, we understand that we see that God, number one, operates as a father. Now, the father is God in a parental relationship, okay? Somebody said, can you prove it to me? Go to Deuteronomy 32, verse 6. God is, he's a father. He operates in a parental relationship with you, okay? Do you, that's the Lord, oh foolish people and unwise. Is it not he, thy father that has brought thee, have not, not made thee and established thee? So we know that God We know that we all, the Bible declares, we all have what? In Malachi chapter 2 verse 10, it says says this, have not all have what? One father. So we know that if he's saying, okay, he's God alone and he is the father, he is operating in a parental relationship towards us. He, what? He said, he said, He'll take care of his children. You're the apple of his eye. So we know God as a father. We have a relationship with him as a father in my life. Now, again, I'm a dad, a husband, and a son, but what is my name? Okay, just checking. Go to Isaiah 63, 16 here. Are y'all getting this? Is this good or you want me to stop? Okay. Doubtless thou art our father, though Abraham be ignorant of us, and O Israel, acknowledge us not. Thou, O Lord, art our what? Father, our redeemer. Okay. So he says, I'm your father. I'm your redeemer. I'm everything to you. I'm not sending something else. I am the one that has saved you. I am the one that has redeemed you. Thy name is what? From everlasting. So we know. And then the second thing we know is that when we're talking about the Lord, we know number two is that the Bible talks about God as the Son of God, which represents The humanity of God. How many of you have ever heard me talk about that before? So Christ in the earth is the humanity of, it is the humanity of God. It is, what I mean by humanity, it is God in the flesh. Can you say amen to that? Luke 1.35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, And the power of the highest 
shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called, what? The Son of God. Okay? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Go to Romans chapter 5 verse 10. So the only way God can redeem man was to put on humanity. He had to come in the flesh... He had to be tempted the same way you were tempted. He had to be subject to the same trials, subject to the same sin, subject to the same thing before he could ultimately produce the redemption for you and I. Is that good there? Are you catching this? Romans 10, 5. For if, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his what? Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his what? Life. So he puts God, puts on humanity so that you and I can walk in his redemption because what he established at Calvary. Now go to Isaiah uh, 9 verse 6 here. A lot of scriptures, huh? You should have looked them all up. <laughs> unto you, or unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, what? Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Okay. How can he be God? We just read there's no other God, right? How can he be God? It is because Jesus is God. Mighty God, the everlasting what? Oh, so now he's, he's, now he's a child, but he's also the father. That's what it's saying right there, right? Everlasting father. And then he goes to what? Prince of... So he's a prince of peace. He's a father. And he's the humanity of God. He's a father operating under the parental. Then he's operating in humanity. But he's still what? The same God. He said what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Go to Matthew... Um, Chapter 1, verse 18 through 23 here. Don't worry, we'll get this wrong, but we got to get this established first. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on, was, was on this wise when as his mother Mary was in spouse to Joseph, therefore they came together. She was found with child of the what? So the Holy Ghost came upon her. Okay. Then Joseph, her husband, being just a man, 
not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Next verse, please. But while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that is which conceived in her is of what? The Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name? Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Next verse. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God God, God, same God, right? God with us. He's with you. Same God. How many of you have read that scripture a hundred times? God with us. God is with you. His name is Jesus. He's with you. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the beginning, the end, everything in between. His name is who? Jesus. Jesus. His name is Jesus. He came in the humanity of man so that he could redeem you, so that you could experience his glory and his power to the fullness. Can you say amen to that? So, so let's, let's talk about this. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. I'm going I'm to I'm give you, 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 you. And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Now, now so there we see that humanity of God. Colossians 1 verse 13 through 15. Thou had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom, into the kingdom of his dear son. Okay? In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of what? His sins. Now go to Hebrews. Uh, let's go to chapter 1. Uh, we'll just read through verse 9 here. I got to hurry up. God who sundry times and in divers' manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Verse 2. Have these last days spoken unto us by a son whom he hath made appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the words, worlds. Verse 3. Whom being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all the things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Next verse. Being made so much better than the angels, he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they have. So he's above the angels. 
For unto which of the angels said, He that any time thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be, a, be me a son. Are you reading what this is saying? And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten of the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Next verse. And the angels, and of the angels, he saith, who maketh the angels spirit and his ministers a flame of fire. Next verse. But unto the Son he hath thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteous is the scepter of thy kingdom. Next verse. And thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, had anointed thee with the oil of what? Gladness above thy fellows. Now let's talk about this. So we've talked about the humanity of God. Let's talk about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, remember, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. So when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, he is, it is talking about God in activity. Write that down. God in activity. Genesis 1-2. And the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God... Okay? Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God. So now we hear, we see, we've read all through the Old Testament that there is one God, but now His Spirit is in activity moving. That's why when you and I experience God, we're experiencing what? The Holy Ghost. But we're experiencing, when you read the book of Acts, you see that the book of Acts is the, about the Acts of the Apostles, but it's also about the Acts of the Holy Ghost, which is God moving in them and transforming lives and touching lives and saving lives, that when they were baptized, they received the Holy Ghost and were changed. The moving of that is the activity of God or God manifested in your life in the earth. Can you say amen to that? That's good right there. So write this down. You can look this up later. Ephesians 4, verse 4 and verse 6. And then Acts chapter 5, verse 3, 4 and 9. Okay. And we know, go to Matthew real quick. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and and then 20. And now the birth of Jesus was on the wise. We just read this. And when his mother was in spouse with Joseph, before he came together, she was found with child, what? By the Holy Ghost. Only a male has the ability, okay, to produce, to impregnate somebody, right? And it's because the Father is the Holy Ghost. She was impregnated, conceived by the Spirit of God. Head swimming here. 
She conceived what? By the Holy Ghost. Okay, there is what? I have a, a spirit. I am a spirit. I live in a... And I have a soul. But I'm still Brandon. She conceived by God, the Holy Ghost, and what? God began to manifest. He put on a bodysuit and manifested into humanity. It wasn't just some guy walking. It was the king of kings. It was the creator of the heavens and the earth. God said, I had to come down myself because man couldn't redeem you, can't save you, can't heal you, can't pull you out. I'm going to do this myself. Abraham tried. Moses tried. Joseph tried. They all tried. But when they all failed, I said, let me go and do what no man can do in the earth. And I will come among them and dwell among them as flesh. But I will come down and save the very thing that I created. Because the thing I created was going to a lost eternity. And nobody could figure it out or try to save it. But God vacated heaven came down, put on a bodysuit, and said, let me tell you, I'm going to save you because I love you. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a future for your life. I've got a destiny for your life. I've got a plan for your life, and I am coming down myself to save you and to set you free because I'm not about to allow you to mess up my creation. I'm so glad he saved me. Are you glad he saved you? Are you glad he redeemed you? Are you glad he washed you? He did what no goat could do, no sheep could do, no, do, no dove could do. He did, uh, uh, thank you, he did what not another man could do. Why? Because a man in his flesh cannot produce the redemption of the nation, but God himself, who was walked blameless, was tempted through the same thing, but he said, I have overcome the world, and because I have overcome the world, I have also empowered you so that you may overcome the world. Stand to your feet tonight. I'm looking at a bunch of overcomers. I'm looking at people who have a God that is not in a statue, not in a picture, not on a cross, not in a tomb, but he's alive and well on the inside of you. I said he's alive and well on the inside of you. Do you know the God that created the heavens came down and got in the dirt with the adulteress? Think about that. The God that said, let there be light is the same God that rode in the sand when everybody was accusing her of wrong. The same God came and rode in the sand and said, the one among you with no sin try to kill my creation but they walked out from the oldest to the youngest 
the oldest being the high priest, they walked out. Why? Because when the Creator stands up for you, when the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, when the Father speaks, and when He walks among you in humanity, and He moves by His Spirit, it's in the Bible, right? It's not complicated. Religion makes it complicated. But it's not complicated. I'm so glad that he came down and saved me. Can you say amen? That's why you need to surrender your life to him. That's why you need to get baptized Sunday. Because the God that created the heavens and the earth is the same God that redeemed you. Why? Because he loves you so much. So much. That is who he is. He is your creator, but he is also your redeemer. He's your father, but he also knows your humanity. But he is an invisible spirit that lives on the inside of you. And his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. I know this challenges our mind. But if we connect to our spirit, we'll hear what you're saying. We'll hear what you're saying. We won't hear religion. We'll hear the voice of truth through your word. I thank you for undoing religion in our minds tonight. Setting us free. So that we can serve you. But ultimately know who you really are in our lives. And I pray blessings upon your people tonight. Let this be a prosperous week for them. In Jesus mighty name. And everybody said amen. Wow, what a powerful message from Pastor Brandon Spiker. If you've been blessed by this message, we want to encourage you to head over to www.mycornerstone.church or the Church Center app where you can share your testimony with us. We'd love to hear it. Here you can also send in any prayer requests and we also ask that you consider sowing into Cornerstone so that we can continue to reach people all around the world. While you're there, you can also check out all of our upcoming events. We have something for the entire family. Come and join us in person on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. You can also join Cornerstone Espanol, our Spanish-speaking service, on Sundays at 1 p.m. Your family is always welcome here. We love you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.